0: So this morning uh, we're going to do the second lesson of I don't know how many lessons uh, uh, be- based on love. I have these grand ambitions to eventually like talk us through kind of all the qualities of love here. Um, taking one or maybe two uh, per lesson. And so this is the second of an infinitely long list since I haven't come up with the rest of them yet. A couple weeks ago, we talked about how love is patient. You know, as Christians, we're pursuing love. We talk about love a lot, and I think that's good. I think that's appropriate. God is love. And if there's one characteristic that I think uh, should be foundational to the Christian faith and the Christian uh, belief and just material of a Christian, I would pick love if I had to pick one. Um... And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. And I think 1 Corinthians 13 shows us maybe why that is true, because love is so many things. Love isn't something that's static, you know? Love is kind of one of those things that in any scenario manifests itself in maybe a slightly different way than the scenario right before it, and maybe the scenario just after it, right? Um, And we can see how that's true in our lives, and I could give you a bunch of of examples. But that's probably kind of one of those self-evident things, right? We all understand that. And so a couple weeks ago we talked about how love is patient. And there's scenarios in which that's harder than others and there's scenarios in which that's easier or more plain. Sometimes it's easier to see that love is patient and sometimes it's harder to see. And we talked about some things that go with it. This morning as we, we talk about kindness, um, we're going to kind of follow the same, a similar model as we did a couple weeks ago. But before we do that, I want us to just read 1 Corinthians 13 again. And I intend to do this every time we come back to one of these qualities just to keep uh, iterating all of them serve to be love. It's not one of these things. It's not I have love if I'm patient or I have love if, if I'm a kind or I'm not jealous. It's I have love if I can say all of these things are true. Right. Let's begin in verse 1 of chapter 13. love does not envy or boast it is not arrogant or rude it does not insist on its own way it's not irritable or resentful it does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth love bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things love never ends as for prophecies they'll pass away as for tongues they'll cease even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. We talked um, a couple weeks ago about how the love identified in this chapter is not romantic love. It's not just like brotherly love. Um, It's this love that is selfless. Um, it seeks the betterment of someone else. And it doesn't apply to just parents or family. It doesn't apply to just friends. It applies to the person next to you, in front of you, behind you. It applies in the sense of humanity. I love selflessly whom I choose to love. Right, Whoever it is I'm choosing to love is what agape love is. I choose to love you and I'm going to serve you. That's the love that we're talking about. Uh, And we pointed out kind of in our introduction a couple weeks ago that it's the greatest quality. Verse 13 says, of all the qualities that could be had, love is it. It's like the apex of the mountain, right? Um, And so, again, that's important. And so in verse verse 1 of chapter 14, right after this, this famous chapter ends, it says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, right? Pursue it. Uh, I don't know if love is something I often think about pursuing, but it's something that we need to chase after, that we need to put as a goal and work towards. I think sometimes we have this perception that love is a thing that we feel, and I choose to feel it for you, and I choose to feel it for you or me. Sometimes we don't feel it so much, right? And we have to pursue it. Like, I'm going to love you even though I don't feel that, right? Um, and so verse 1 of chapter 14 shows us that. Um, and so the second quality that we're going to talk about in this series is kind love is kind I had a hard time defining kind I don't know if you guys have a hard time defining kind I kept using other words that are in this list later and I was like ah you know I'm gonna I don't know how to do this but I challenged myself to do this so I'm gonna try um again I could escape this by saying, oh, we all know what kindness is, right? We all see kindness, but maybe we don't, right? Maybe we have misperceptions about what misconceptions about what kindness is, what it is to be kind. And I may overlap some of this list a little bit later, but I tried my best not to give qualities that come later in defining kindness. I did that a little bit by looking at Jesus and how he showed kindness, how he taught kindness. I did that a little bit by looking at the definition of kindness, both in the Bible and just kind of today. Um, And I'm going to suggest to you that this is what kindness means. According to the Bible, the Greek word used for kindness means to show oneself mild, to be kind, to use kindness. Okay, so those later two aren't super helpful, right? But to show oneself mild. And that might be helpful when you pair it with the modern translation, having or showing a gentle nature. And they pair it with, and, a desire to help others. So, to show oneself mild or gentle is not kindness, just in and of itself. It's a form of kindness, but then also to help other people. I'm going to show myself gentle and help. And that's kindness. And I thought, while that's a little tough for me to wrap my mind around, I feel like that's a decent definition. I think that gives us at least something to work with, right? Um, And so, when we think about love, we considered a couple weeks ago, patient. That one's easy. Don't, like, get frustrated when things don't go your way. Be long-suffering, right? When we think about love, we also need to be gentle and willing to help. And I think that's a portrait of love that we see in Jesus plainly. So let's go ahead and move on from what does it mean to be kind, because um, that's about all I have to say about that. We'll kind of round this out just by examples, I think. Um Let's ask this question, who is my model of kindness? I think there's a lot of models of kindness that we can have that are right. Um, if you know like your parents are kind, they might be a model of kindness for you, right? Or if you have a best friend or something that like one of their qualities is they're really kind, they might be kind of a model to you. Um, I had a coworker that was like kind of insanely kind once. It annoyed me in some ways. Um but in a lot of ways like I modeled I learned to kind of model myself after them. Even though we weren't super close, they affected me that way. Um and so they were kind of a model of kindness for me. Um but I would suggest to you that you know we're in church, right? We're gonna say like, well those shouldn't be the model of kindness, right? And yeah, of course, it should be Jesus, right? But then we when we say that we say, well what what ways was he kind? And then we'll kind of start to be like, uh that's a little tougher of a question. Maybe I can think of a couple examples. I'm going to point to some things Jesus said that show us his model of kindness rather than some things that he did, per se. And i want to start with Matthew 11. James read this for us. And there, I want us to turn back there because there's one thing in this that he says that shows us Jesus is kind. Now, you might think, there's only one thing in this that shows us Jesus is kind? I, yeah, I know, I get it. There's a lot of stuff in here that indicate the kindness of Jesus, but there's one thing in here that specifically ties kindness to Jesus, okay? In verse 28, let's read this again just so it's fresh to our mind. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, if we just step back and I ask the room, does this seem like a kind thing of Jesus to do? Probably all of us would be like, yeah, right? Like he's offering to take a burden, put on something lighter and easier, right? But look at verse 30. For my yoke is easy. The word easy there is literally the same word as kind in 1 Corinthians 13. It is the exact same word. Now, this word appears a couple different times in the New Testament and is the same root word. Um, I don't really understand Greek or Hebrew or anything like that, but what I read, apparently there's like different voices in which this word could be spoken. And this is the exact same voice, and it's translated easy here. So you could read this, I think fairly, "'For my yoke is kind, and my burden is light.'" isn't that a weird passage to find this word? Like, I wouldn't have thought that in this section that that would have been the word that would have been translated kind. Um, It's the only place in the New Testament that this word is the exact same. The only place. And so, when I started thinking about this, I thought, man, like, that might give me an image of kindness that Merriam-Webster couldn't give me. Um, Just looking up the greek word couldn't exactly give me this because jesus in this in this conversation in this invitation he says that he has a yoke that he does have a burden and he wants people to come to him but it's better than the burden that they're kind of saddled with right now right to me perfect kindness would be like no burden right would be like, hey, take the burden completely away. I don't want to have to do anything regarding burdens or work, right? But Jesus' kindness here is saying that there is some weight to be borne, There is something to be carried, but it's a kindness to lighten the load. And we're going to talk some more about what, what all that is. But just remember that my yoke is kind. There is a yoke, but it is the kindness of the Lord. Um, You know, kindness doesn't mean an absence of effort. I think we see that in this text. The fact that the yoke is kind, um, I think on one level shows us Jesus expects some burden or some weight to be on those who take on this invitation. It doesn't mean it's unkind, it's still the kindness of the Lord. But then also on our effort to receive kindness, there's still some like, weight on our end. right? To be the recipient of kindness, there's still a burden to be taken on. Um, and so I think that's an interesting concept, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we move forward. Um, and it, as we look at just these three verses here of uh, Jesus' invitation. I think we might zoom out and not just look at the one word, my yoke is kind, but isn't really the fact that there is an invitation here at all kind of an indication that Jesus is kind? Um, There's not like one word that points that out to us, but I think we all understand that this invitation is coming from a place of kindness, right? But why would Jesus be kind to people? Why would he even offer this invitation? Because he loves them. And because he is love, he is kind. And his burden is kind, right? Look at uh, Luke chapter 6. We're just going to look here for a moment just to emphasize this point. Luke chapter 6, verse 35. You know, when Jesus offers the invitation in Matthew 11, you might think like, okay, like, his kindness is to the people immediately around him, right? Like, the people that he likes and that he's spending time with, he's willing to offer some kindness to. Luke chapter 6, verse 35 tells us something interesting. It says, Belove your enemies and do good. Lend. Expect nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil." Now, this doesn't immediately tie or directly tie to Matthew 11, but this tells us that God's kindness isn't just limited to the people he likes or the people that you know, might have heard him like, in audible range of this invitation. He is kind to anybody. In fact, sometimes I think that God is kind to the good and the neutral, but not so much to the evil and intentionally bad. But even the Lord's kindness extends to them as well. I think it's a testament to uh, God's kindness that we're meeting in this room together. Like, weren't we all at some point, like, intentionally evil? And, like, we were doing bad things because we chose to do them? Now, because of God's kindness, we've started to redirect our lives, right? But his kindness extended to us when we were, as Luke six thirty-five says, ungrateful and evil. And so that helps us kind of round out this idea that God's yoke is kind, but even the invitation is kind. Um, And so if Jesus is going to be our model, we have to start thinking like Jesus thought about kindness. We're kind to the people that are ungrateful and evil, and we're kind to those who respond to us, we have relationships with, and that our yoke is kind. You know, when they work with us, when they deal with us, that's a kind thing, and we'll talk more about that in the application portion. So how is it exactly, we've seen some kind of broad ideas that that Jesus is kind to us. There's generally an invitation where coming to Jesus is easier than it was before, right? There's a kindness there. And that it's extended to even evil people, that invitation. And there's some kindness there, right? But how is it exactly that God is kind to us? There's one particular set of verses that I want to look at this, look At, before we move into application. And it's 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. And we're going to start in verse 1. And we're going to read through verse 3 for now. offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god through jesus christ let's just stop there for a moment in verse 3 some translations instead of saying taste of the lord is good you probably maybe some of you read tasted the kindness of the lord or tasted that the lord is kind um, that is the same uh, root word as we saw in first uh, corinthians 13 not the same voice not the exact same word but it is the same principle. So we taste that the Lord is kind, according to verse 3. He's talking to people that have already, we might say as it relates to Matthew 11, accepted the Lord's invitation. They would become disciples, had become Christians. Um, and he has given them some instruction about how to live their lives because they had accepted the invitation. right? So you might say that this is a little bit of a glimpse into the Lord's yoke or the Lord's burden. But when you look at the stuff... Put away malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander. It seems like a fairly light burden, right? If we understand sin, uh, we would understand this is a much lighter burden than what they were dealing with before they accepted the Lord's invitation. And so we see the kindness in that. But their motivation for doing this stuff and for changing is the kindness of the Lord. Um, I think that's a powerful message that you have tasted the kindness of the Lord, that motivates you to change. And look at verse 2. It says, Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that it, by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is kind. Salvation is directly tied to the kindness of the Lord in these verses. Matthew 11, the, the burden was easy. It was kind. And we don't know exactly what that means yet. We're still like filling that out in Jesus' life. Well, Jesus has died and gone and his plan's been fulfilled and he's resurrected. And now the plan's in full force. And we see that Jesus' burden is light. It's kind and easy because it brings salvation. And verse 3 says, you can take on the ongoing burden, the easy yoke, because the kindness of the Lord brings salvation. I think that's important for us to know. God's been kind to us in this room because I think um, most of us in here are Christians. And so we have tasted the kindness of the Lord, not just because he's offered an invitation to evil and ungrateful people, but because we specifically have been the people to take up the Lord's kind burden, right? Right? And so the times that you're feeling down and out because Christianity's hard, which it can be, the world wants to make it hard, right? Harder than it has to be. Remember that you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. You've experienced salvation. Now, not to the extent in which we hope for, right? But you know that salvation is yours. That heavy burden is gone and you've tasted the kindness of the Lord. But let's move forward in this this text here. So there's kind of that initial kindness as Christians we experience like salvation, right? When we know our sins are gone in that moment, we taste the kindness of the Lord. We feel the burden is light, right? But what about like day to day like as it kind of rolls forward? I think we kind of experience that some moving forward that intellectual like the burden is light. I feel this But look at what these verses continue to say. As you come to him as a living stone, verse 4, rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, for it stands in Scripture. Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. And into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are of God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And let's just stop at verse 10. You know, there's kind of this ongoing kindness of the Lord. It's not explicit, but when we read it, we see it, right? The invitation of the Lord is to come and have an easy yoke. And as Christians, we've experienced that. We've tasted the kindness of the Lord. His salvation is good, right? But even as we live our lives and we're developed into God's chosen people, His royal priesthood, His holy nation, a people of His own choosing and for His own possession, is there not a tasting of the kindness kind of every day as He develops us into that? Is there not a tasting of God's kindness as He as it says, uh, builds us into a spiritual house and a holy priesthood. Do we not taste God's kindness as we offer up spiritual sacrifices to Him and they're pleasing as opposed to disgusting and inappropriate? Um, We taste God's kindness in a moment when we know that we've received the light yoke, the easy yoke. And we know that sin and its heavy burden is gone. But we also taste of the Lord's kindness every day as He makes us over into the people that we're supposed to be. That's the kindness of the Lord. That is the easy yoke. Is there work in that? Yeah. Is it always fun to do? No, but it's an easy yoke. right? It's work nonetheless, but it's easy. God is the one that's changing and working on us. And we just have to allow Him to do that. And so here, we taste of the Lord's kindness immediately tied to salvation, but we also see and taste God's kindness as He develops us and as He makes us the people that we're supposed to be. This is a portrait of the kindness of the Lord in our lives. Right at the first, we taste it, and it's good, and we continue to taste. And so as as we as Christians uh, try to love like we're supposed to love, You know, last week we talked about being patient. We need to develop patience. We need to be people who are long-suffering just like God's long-suffering. Right? We also need to be people who are kind. And hopefully this portrait of how God is kind, how he thinks about kindness, how he displays kindness is already helping us kind of think about ways we maybe can show kindness. And maybe not exactly the ways that I was thinking about it before. I don't know. For me it changed a little bit. Um, doing this lesson, preparing for this. Um, Jesus' kindness turns us into people of God, which is what we said. Um, You know, and it says in verse, I believe it is, uh, well, I've lost my place. It says that we will not uh, be disappointed in this changing or this kindness of the Lord. Um, if you want proof that Jesus is kind, sometimes I think we should actually struggle with that. We look around the world and we see a lot of bad stuff going on, right? We see like children who are born with like cancer. What's up with that? You know, like that's pretty messed up. We see, uh, old people that all their family's gone and they have nobody to take care of them and they're just kind of left we see, you know, you watch the news and you see murder and shootings and kidnappings and rape and all this other disgusting stuff. You know, it seems like God's not very kind, you know, sometimes. If we're being honest about it. And even if we don't struggle with that, isn't that kind of a a complaint of the world? Like, if God is real, then, like, what's up with all this stuff? God's not very good or kind, right? I think when we look around this room, 1 Peter 2, 1 through 10, when we're looking in this room, shows us the kindness of the Lord. You know, like, God doesn't, like, miraculously change the planet. You know, he doesn't say, like, the world is fixed. But he fixes people, right? And as many people as accept his invitation for a lighter yoke, an easier yoke, experience the kindness of the Lord. And so I think when we look in this room, and if we're struggling with some of those difficulties in our life, we struggle with like how to how to look at the world and know God is kind. I would say start with this room. Look around this room and you see the kindness of the Lord. And as we as we try to develop ourselves as Christians in love I think that makes it more important to to take love seriously. When we see that God expresses love in his people by showing patience with us, by being kind to us and developing us in kindness, that gives us a responsibility to be loving people like God is. I think God places so much in us spiritually that we have a responsibility to be so much spiritually. Um, We are kind of the answer, and I don't mean this in like a a proud sort of way but I think God intends it this way. You go read Ephesians and you get this sense that Christians are the answer for the world's problems. And what I mean by that is what Christ has done for Christians is his intended answer for the problems of life, right? Now we mess that up. We make bad decisions and we, you know, change our minds about stuff and all this, but God has shown us his answer. There's a lot of evil in the world, and he's shown us what's good by the fact that Christians exist. By that that being even a thing, right? And so as we develop kindness, it's really important that we understand that because that's going to motivate us to be kind. The world looks unkind, and if God's people are kind, then that begins to shed light on an answer. So let's move into some application. How do I develop kindness? Um, This is probably the hardest part of this lesson for me. And I think I probably don't always have the best answers for this, but I intend to use this as just maybe a springboard for you to figure out ways you can develop kindness. So even if these aren't the best applications for you, maybe it'll get you kind of thinking down the right track that helps you develop. All right. So, how do I develop kindness? As a follower of Jesus, I have to have love. And so I have to figure out how to do this part of love. I have to be kind. We talked about kindness being gentleness, an attitude of helping other people. We see that Jesus even says that even a yoke can be kind. So let's move forward. How do I develop kindness? I think that Matthew 11 is the model for which we develop kindness. I don't think it's the only model, but I think it's A and maybe the primary model in which we can develop kindness from. If you want to turn there, we'll just sit here for the rest of this lesson as we develop these uh, points. Matthew 11. And we'll wrap up here with these applications. In Matthew 11... 28 through 30, Jesus teaches us kindness by, and I'm going to have a few bullet points, by these things. By being helpful. That was in our definition from the very beginning. Merriam-Webster says, it's to be gentle and helping someone else. I think Jesus is being helpful in Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. I think there's a lot of ways in which we see Jesus being helpful. Um, one way is that he... Uh, Sees that we're kind of worn out. Right? Like, there's a burden and it's heavy, and so here I'm going to be helpful. I'm going to give you a lighter one. Right? Now, that's obviously some role that the Lord could play, and that me, I couldn't play the exact same way. I couldn't fill in that exact same spot, right? The way He was being helpful. But isn't that a model for me? Like, if I want to be kind, I'm going to be helpful. Um, Just some silly examples, just really superficial, but hopefully you'll find some more meaningful ways that you can be helpful in your life. And if you can't, at least start with stuff like this, right? Do you help your spouse with chores around the house? Kirby's been gone this week, so I can give this example because she can't be sitting in the front light. But like, that's a silly one, right? But like, are you being helpful? There's one example. Do you help your coworker with meeting their project deadline? Like is that a kindness you could show to them, right? Again, superficial example, but it's kindness, right? You're choosing to love them, so you're going to show them kindness in that way. And if it's a real intense deadline, I'm sure it's an appreciated kindness. A very big kindness. Uh, do you help your friend when they need someone to help them move, right? Like That's kind of a big deal for people moving. And if you have a truck, you're always that guy that gets asked to help move, right? But, like, do you do it? That's the kind thing to do, if you can. Uh, Do you help your parents as they age? That's a kindness that you show them, right? Because you love them. Because you love your coworker, because you love your spouse, because you love your friend, because you love your parents, you show kindness in whatever way is appropriate. Whatever way presents itself. Again, these are superficial, but are you being helpful? If you're not, then I would argue that you're probably missing out on a big part of kindness. If not, the primary way we show kindness is being helpful. But related to that, you have to be. Uh, Jesus teaches us kindness from Matthew 11 by being intentional. You know, he's not just like incidentally helpful. He's very intentional in his helpfulness. You know, Jesus could have been like, I'm really into like like super light polycarbonate yolks, like composite yolks," And so I just made this one. You guys have a heavy one. It just happens that I made like a really nice one. You can wear it instead. That's the goofiest example ever, right? But like, it was very intentional. Like he said, I see that your burden is heavy and so I'm going to create a yoke that is lighter, that is kinder. Very intentionally presented that option, created the opportunity, right? With our helpfulness, sometimes I think we think we're being helpful if we do something we were going to do anyway and it just happens to help somebody, right? Like if I came in here this morning and I wrote all this stuff on the board, And I did it because I just like, that's what I like doing, and that's what I was going to do regardless. And Richard happened to be stressing out about it, and he comes in and be like, oh, good, you did that. Well, like, I was helpful to Richard, but I wasn't intentionally helpful to Richard, right? So Richard didn't see necessarily kindness in that. He just saw, like, circumstance, coincidence. But if Richard's really stressing out about it, and I'm like, Richard, you're stressing out. What's going on, man? Ah, you know, I know I got to do this. I don't know if I'm going to get there in time to do it. I'll do it for you. Kindness has been shown. I was intentional in doing that for him. Silly examples. Again, are you intentionally kind to others by doing things like Jesus, or did you happen to do them without any purpose or intention? For instance, being kind in Colossians three twelve actually says that one of the things that you put a heart on of, like he says, put a heart, put on a heart of, and he lists a bunch of qualities. One of the first ones they list is kindness. In Colossians 3, kindness is intentional. You put on a heart of kindness. And sometimes being intentional with kindness is awkward. You guys ever experienced that? Like, I'm going to be kind to you, even though I don't know you super well, and it looks like I'm really going out of my way, so now you think I'm weird about you. Like, have you ever felt that? Like, I just want to be nice to you, but it comes across weird, and so now you're like, ugh, I shouldn't be nice to people. Do it anyway. Be kind, because that's the right thing to do. And if people want to misconstrue that, then they will. You can deal with that. It's not the worst thing you've dealt with as a Christian, right? Be intentionally kind. Jesus teaches us kindness from Matthew 11 by being proactive. Similar to intention, right? Like, I purpose to do this... But proactive kind of says, and I'm going to take the action to do it. Like, for instance, Richard stressing out about writing on the board. Intention says, I know Richard's stressing out about it. I'm going to intend to show him kindness. Proactive says, I actually do it. (laughs) Like, I take the steps necessary to make that happen. Maybe even if Richard didn't ask me. I just knew he was stressing out about it and so I did it for him, right? Then we see, like, I'm being proactive instead of reactive, right? Um, Jesus loves us, and so he decided to help, and he was very intentional in his helping, but he didn't wait for us to come and, like, ask him, right? Jesus, in this text, just offers kind of this invitation, People didn't say, hey, Jesus, we know we have a heavy burden. Is there a way that you could help us out with this? You know, I get the impression that Jesus helped in a way that people didn't necessarily realize they needed help. You ever meet people that don't necessarily realize that there's some way that they could use some help, but the moment you offer it, they're like, wait, that would be really helpful. Jesus wants us to show kindness like that. Be helpful. Be helpful. Be uh, be intentional, but be proactive. Like, do things maybe that people don't realize they need or would like. Do things people aren't willing to ask you to do, right? Be very proactive. For instance, do you seek opportunities to show kindness by doing things like maybe inviting others to eat with you in your home? They didn't ask you to come eat in your house, but you say, hey, like, it'd be cool if you could come over and eat. Like, that would be nice. Thanks, right? Or no, that would be miserable. I'm not going to do that. But you offered. You showed some kindness, right? Do you uh, seek opportunities to show kindness by reaching out to those who are new to the city? Right? Like, if you know somebody who's new to the city, do they typically, like, reach out to you and be like, Hey, show me around. Like, help me plug in with some people I don't know. Not really. They're kind of, like, floating around, like, hoping that happens, you know, like, I know some of you have experienced this lately, maybe. But you kind of, like, float around hoping to make some attachments to kind of figure out what's going on. Be the person that's proactive and being kind. Right? Uh, Offering to pray with a co-worker after your normal chit-chat, right? Like, did they ask you to pray about whatever it was they were talking about? Did they ask you to pray about, you know, their boss that they were complaining no No, not really but if you say hey like i know we were just talking about a bunch of stuff like you want to pray about it maybe they they reject that kindness maybe they accept it but it was kind right to show concern to take it to the lord by buying groceries for someone who you knew know could use them that's a tough one people don't like to ask for things um or at least if they're like me, they don't like to ask for things, especially like if it's financially related. Um, be proactive. I'm going to suggest to you, oftentimes with financial stuff, the only way you're going to be kind to people is if you're proactive. Because um, not a lot of people really like to ask. right? Again, superficial examples of a deeper love that we have for people um, and for the Lord. Being instructive. Jesus shows us kindness by being instructive. You know, what if he had some help to give us in this invitation, and he didn't tell us, like, how to get it, you know? Like, Jesus is like, hey, I got a light burden, got an easy burden, figure it out, right? But in verse 28, he begins by saying, Come to me, right, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Right? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus instructed, led people to the lighter. If that's something that they chose, something they wanted to pursue, they knew how to get it. You ever show kindness to people like that by being instructive? Um, this one might be a little harder because sometimes we are afraid to step on toes and give instruction when people don't really want it right? but did everybody want this instruction from the Lord? no, but he laid it out there Like, if this is something you want I'm willing to teach it to you to show you and I think we need to, to show kindness that way by being instructive are you kind to others by telling them what they need to hear? That's not a kindness that's always appreciated. And certainly if we're kind, we're gentle, right? And Maybe this is the most important time to really be gentle when you're telling someone something they need to hear, but it is a kindness, right? Or how about this scenario? Sharing what's in their best interest. This is a little more like uh, more guidance, right? But that's a kindness. Like, hey... I have information that would be helpful to you, and I'm going to try to instruct you with that. What about uh, explaining or sharing why you might be a help to someone or why they might want to talk to you? That one seems like it could be a little proud sometimes. But if we are genuinely loving that person and we're showing kindness to them, we might need to share with them, like, hey, I have information that might be useful to you. Or I have an experience to share with you that you might relate to. Did they ask for it? No, we're showing, we're being proactive, we're being intentional, and we're being helpful by being instructive, right? And the last one, I already alluded to it, is Jesus shows, teaches us kindness by being gentle, right? When you look at the invitation of Jesus, other than the love that he shows in this, I think the next thing that I think of is like how gentle this is. Like, there's some teaching of Jesus that I think is loving, but I picture him being like, ah, you know, like, come to me now. I am the Lord. I am God. I am the Son, right? I am the one way. But this, to me, like, I picture, like, we have these stereotypes in our head. I picture Jesus, like, with the sheep, you know, and the babies, and he's just like, hey, come to me, all who are burdened. I'll give you rest, you know, and he's just kind of, totally supposition it's a crazy image in my head but I see the gentleness of this invitation right come and learn from me and he says in case we didn't get that image for I am gentle right and lowly in heart are you gentle uh, towards younger people when they you know whatever age of life you're in whoever's younger than you, Whenever young people come to you, like, seeking advice, are you gentle with them? Right? Do you show them kindness in being gentle and helping them? Are you gentle with your friends when you disagree? Right? There's a kindness to be displayed by your love for them when you're gentle. Um, with your church uh, and their sin. You know, like, I, I, I use that loosely. But, like, when your church has problems, like, do you show your love for those people in that in that group by being gentle? I think we show kindness in that way. Um, correction is difficult enough to swallow. Instruction is difficult enough to swallow. And you're going to make it near impossible if you're not gentle. Right? All right. So, conclusion. To love like Jesus, we must be kind like Jesus. We talked about all that that entails. So let's be intentional, proactive, instructive, and gentle uh, and helpful in our kindness and in our love towards other people. And we'll really begin to develop this characteristic. If we think about it in these kinds of small ways, we really start to develop kindness. Um, The world knows kindness when it sees it for the most part. Like they may not... Not everybody understands everything, but people know generally if you're a kind person or not. And I would hope that this group, when people see that the love that we're trying to have, the love that we're trying to develop, kindness would be something that they would note about it. That group is kind. They're loving, but they're kind, just as they are patient. Well, I hope the Lord will will continue to develop our characteristics in these ways so that we can be people that are kind. And I pray for all of us that that would be the case.